0: all right cool so Paul, welcome to the podcast brother good day good to be here again yeah excited bro so um today man um we got a a very very cool topic which is something that is completely underrated in in the marketing and sales world um and that's actually keeping your clients um (laughs) as a a coach um and I guess one of the most important things with, with a business is is all about sustainability and and knowing that you're going to have, you know, a guaranteed income for a long period of time. Mm. And it's actually bloody hard to get a client these days, you know, it's, it's oh, a lot absolutely. of work. Yeah. And so if we can improve, I guess, the retention rates of our clients, you know, life is a lot busy, uh, a lot better. Um, And so today, man, we're, we're going to have a wee yarn about basically like how to never lose another online client again over to
1: you bro Excellent. all right so yeah this is uh, what i do with mamba uh yeah, and what i teach most of my students anyway it's how to keep clients for a long time uh if you have a client like i think one of the most powerful metrics in any business is average client or client lifetime value Like, right? mm-hmm. if your client lifetime value is in the thousands of thousands of dollars you have an incredible business you know that when you bring a client on so you've spent so much in acquisition or in terms of if you're spending on ads or time in acquisition yep. if you're selling organically, which both are commodities. You know, if your client acquisition mm-hmm. uh, your client lifetime value, sorry, is like, say, $6,000, you know that spending like, 60 bucks in the ad, that's yeah, who cares? That's easy uh, because you're going to make 100 times return on investment. Or if you can't be asked sending a DM or following up someone, if you know that, hey, I can't be bothered sending a DM or messaging a client, but it's going to make me $6,000, you're basically giving yourself permission to slap yourself in the face. Uh, you- <laughs> It's a no-brainer to actually do the work at that point. And it can be a very motivating thing when you see that you have a high lifetime value. And when you have a high client lifetime value, your business is A, valuable. And you know that any time you spend into growing your business is going to have a certain dividend, like a a predictable dividend. Like I know that when I I bring a new client on, I know, cool, this is going to bring me in roughly 10K. So for me, like if someone messages me like, you damn bet, I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to, hey, what's your number? Let's book a call. because I'm going to get a awesome ROI. So there's basically three points that I've uh, three pillars of keeping a client together. Uh, so like to obviously go through that today so we can help help everyone keep their clients for a longer period of time.
0: Yeah, absolutely, bro. And like, um, one of the key points you put there, in is about that client lifetime value, you know, and and quite often, I guess for a lot of coaches out there we don't actually know what that means um mm. so maybe man if you could give us a bit of a rundown in terms of what a good client lifetime value is and how you would determine
1: that in your business okay cool we yeah easy so with lifetime value basically <laughs> you look at your clients how much they spend per week how long they stay with you and you average those two out so like for me my numbers can be skewed somewhat because i've had some clients like actually renegotiated a deal with a client today i've had for 16 years so they're mm-hmm. skewing my lifetime value because shit, I'm not keeping everyone for sixteen years. I'd hope not. I'd be bored out of my brain of dealing with these people. So, basically all the thumb is work out what your packages are. So, uh, you know, if you've got low barrier or sorry, low end, high end, whatever. So, say sixty dollars a week uh, as yep. an online package, which is fairly standard. If you've got a client for sixty dollars a week, then you know that if their lifetime value is one year, sixty times fifty-two you got that client lifetime value is $3,120. Mm-hmm. Um, my average online client that I'm seeing or student, like we can break it up either way. Say yep. clients pay me 60 bucks, I'm averaging most online clients now being around with me, the older ones for around three to four year mark. So yep. I know that I'm making, you know, 3,120. They're around for two years. As a minimum, I'm going to get, we'll say two years. Oh, that's terrible mathematics. I'm ter- it's about six and a half grand for every yep. client who comes on. And that's on my medium. Uh, medium end offer. So 60 bucks a week is not my high end. Like if I bring up a client to my high end program, which is 150 bucks and they stay around for a year, which is happening, which is really cool. um, You know, I know that person is going to bring in 7,800. If I keep them for two years, that's 15,600 bucks. So it's an easy metric to do. So you find out very quickly what your lifetime value is based on where your clients drop off. So if they're dropping off at 12 weeks, for example, their lifetime value is their weekly value. Times twelve. If it's twenty-four weeks or whatever metric it is, it's a, a very simple metric to calculate. And I think Stripe does do it for you automatically. Yeah. The problem with Stripe's one too is it depends how you pause them or if you stop them, and if you change their plan subscription, it actually gives you like a false churn if that makes sense. Yeah. So another um, like my lifetime value according to Stripe, I go right here is two thousand two hundred forty-two point six. But the issue with that, this is where a bit of manual tracking doesn't hurt every now and then, um, is I bought a bunch of clients who've only started like in the last two weeks, right? So that's dropped down my lifetime value. So using your Stripe, overall, it's a very good metric of your business's longevity when you're looking at through Stripe or whatever. But there's certainly a ton of value of looking at, all right, cool, when did my clients start? How much have they spent? And then you can divide it and work it out that way. So there's a few ways to go about working it out. And
0: that's that's the crazy thing, man. Is like, look, if you know that you could bring in a client and uh, six thousand dollars, mm. you bring in two of those clients every single month. You've just added twelve thousand dollars to your business, and so that's a that's a very very good metric. And um, today, bro, we, we got a three little things we're going to touch on. And our first one, man, is is probably something that's a bit lost. Um, it's just a bit of love and self care after you've actually made the sale.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to mention any names. Um, teaching point one or the pillar one is basically we want to, when we sign a client up, right, and we're in that initial sales pursuit, we're going to call it a sales pursuit. Um, yeah, you know, we'll spend a lot of time messaging them, answering their questions, sending them resources, etc. cetera, because uh, yeah. we want to make the sale and we want to help that person. And then they get in the program and then it's one check in the week and that's all the input they get from us. And for a lot of clients, not for all The person matters and the level of clients, which I've talked about ad nauseum in other podcasts we've done. uh, And pretty much every day, it's all I seem to talk about the level of client. If they've gone from having a high degree of accessibility and interaction with you to one check in a week that takes two minutes, for example, it creates a real big disconnect for that client. They go, oh, shit, I'm just a number rather than I'm someone who's valued and cared for by this particular person. Uh, I don't give a shit. I going to leave. So when I'm working with clients, as I said before, I break clients down into levels. One, a beginner. 2 uh, They're pretty good. Three, uh, high-level clients. Um, depending on the program they buy will determine the amount of interaction they get. And I have predetermined time periods of how often I'm going to interact with my clients. Uh, my goal is to make them as autonomous as possible. Yep. So I don't have to interact with them every single day. But in the initial stages, I want to make sure that they have more interaction with them so then they feel more comfortable. It takes care of the onboarding process for them and they have less doubts. So to run through that initially, let's say a level one client, a sample level one client, so someone who's not very experienced in the gym, et cetera, like they'll, they'll get their intake form. They'll fill out all their stuff, payment. We'll do the Zoom call or the phone call that we do the sale on. And then when they have their first workout, I actually ask the client, when's your first workout? And they go, oh, I'm going to do my first workout on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Cool. I'll put a little note in my Todoist and I have it synced up to my calendar uh, to give me a notification at 4 o'clock. Hey, Dylan, hope you have an awesome workout at 4 o'clock. Let me know if you have any issues. It's such a quick little touch that makes such a difference to clients. Or the other thing I might do is if I know someone's a level 2 client and they've had some training experience, hey, when are you having your first workout? Oh, I'm going to do it at 5 p.m. on Wednesday. Cool. Message at 6.30 p.m. Hey Dylan, how'd you go with your first workout? Your leg's dead. Mm. Um, different approach with a different skill of client. So like to give a very basic example of people that I had now. I signed up two clients quite recently. One level, one total beginner or gone back to beginner and one who's been training for ages. The uh, Level one client, I was like, hey, let me know how you go with your first workout. Any dramas? And she messaged me as soon as she finished saying, oh, that was awesome. No problems, et cetera. It was really, really good. I feel really motivated. And now she's... um. She hasn't missed, I think everyone could learn from this. She hasn't missed a single check-in or filling in a single detail in her team builder and her food journal for me since she started because she felt she was cared for from day, day dot. So from her now, our coaching is really, really simple. She looks mm-hmm. at her food journal and she goes, oh, I drunk way too much booze. That's my problem. Cool. What are you going to do about it? And she, she's like, oh, I'm just not going to drink from Monday to Friday. With the level two client, um, I basically sent her a little bit of a smart ass message Saying, "Can you walk yet?" Your asked. She's thinking of me because it was a glute dominant <laughs> workout, and she's like, "Paul, I love and hate you a little bit, hey." Uh, <laughs> but that was sick, and yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, we came up with a little hashtag for our workouts. It was like, "It's it, uh, our workouts with this client is hashtag fancy." So every now and then, like I'm just to keep her engaged, I send out, I message her hashtag fancy, and she's just. Then if she got any questions, she responds and she, you know, any questions, she sends me a message and like, you know, we have an interaction. So that's one of the things that I'll do. The other one is I'll do a general uh, text message to clients, but I will all like change the name. So every Monday, it's kind of like a motivational Monday type thing. Hey, guys, make sure you don't miss two in a row. Shout to Rusty Clark for that one. Um, Make sure you don't miss two in a row. Hope you have a good uh, week. You know, hope the wind's not too bad because it's really windy at the moment. Like whatever's topical. Uh, yep. But that message goes out to everyone. Push through their training app. Wednesday, hey guys, hope you're all doing really well. Any problems, please let me know, etc. And then Friday is like, hey guys, check-ins are coming in today. So for that time of sending three, autom- not automated, but you could automate, but three very simple text messages that get pushed to everyone, I normally get about eight to ten responses from clients, and a lot of them aren't things that I need to stress about. It's like. It keeps them engaged in the program. It might even be a simple thumbs up to the, to the message, um, mm-hmm. a hand up. So that there helps keep my retention super high. Um, one other step with that as well, So just last thing, with initial follow-up is it scales down over time. Okay, so yeah. that's one thing. I don't message out every client who just starts up every first workout. I'll actually cut it down, like say, by week four. Well, I only message them once a week individually to make sure that they're doing okay on top of their check-in. And at that point, then they just become a normal normal client. So my goal is to make them as autonomous as possible and not rely on me. Mm. One, Actually, this is, I'll drop one more thing before we go to the next point because uh, I'm aware of the time. The last thing I do, and this one is an absolute uh, game changer for coaching and getting the results for the client, is I've made a condition of working with me now that for the first week, whether you're a beginner, whether you're uh, intermediate, whether you're advanced, is you have to film every lift. Not every set, just one set of each lift and send it to me. And we fix so many problems so quickly, it's actually bonkers. And it also gives you so much awesome information as a coach. So yeah. it's a little time consuming, a, a little bit, but if someone's, it's great because I get them to send it to me via Instagram, via at Facebook. I don't care how they do it. And I respond to each uh, exercise I guess with a response response that's relative to that so they're doing it good I'm like Dylan you're doing awesome on your bicep curls uh, you don't need more for me and the client gets that little you know chuffed feeling that they've done something well if they're bad we predict problems straight away and we can change the program and individualize it so it lets you know how experienced someone truly is before without having shit go downhill mm-hmm. it's like one guy I was working with he's like oh yeah my bent overro is great i got great form and then next minute I think I showed it on the Mamba call, actually. Um, he was standing on the step in the squat rack. I'm like, why are you standing on the step? And his bent over rows were initiated by driving his knees forward. So he was wondering why he was getting so little back stimulus out of it and just getting a sore back. It's because by back stimulus, I mean upper back. He, It's because he was just swinging the weight on his lumbar spine. Mm. Uh, so by doing that, I was able to go, all right, cool. You suck at them, obviously. Uh, let's put you into a seated row uh, and then get some stimulus about doing it. And he's a lot happier. His back doesn't hurt. And all I had to do was change something that I would have had to change eventually. Anyway, I was just able to predict it a lot. So yeah, a lot sooner. So it's pretty simple. Just do a a little bit more chat with your clients at the beginning. And that's one of the
0: biggest things, like, especially with an online program is, is generally this happens you know, they'll get us all back. They won't tell us as coaches. Two or three weeks down the road, you don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, they're canceling or they're like, oh, no, I don't want to carry on to your 12 week program. It's not nothing generally wrong with the program or whatever, but it's you just haven't actually assessed it or caught it before yeah. it even happens.
1: Yeah. um Which is pillar three, but
0: we'll come to that later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, um, but it's, that's massive, man. And like, um, like, I, I really like that term you use there, like that hashtag fancy. And those little things and those little touch points and that little bit of care is like that builds your online community. Like a lot of people say, hey, look, you know, I got my gym. That's why people come to see me because they love the community. But those little yeah. things connect all the dots, which is very, very cool as well.
1: Yeah, it keeps um, people
0: in yeah, the whole process. Absolutely, man. And man, I guess it, this is all great. Um, one thing you said there, and a lot of people probably listening to this, like, shit, that sounds like a lot of work, but where do we put these touch points in and how do we make them so that, you know, it doesn't take hours and hours to actually make it happen.
1: Yeah. So that's literally part too. Like add your multiple touch points. So you automate them and you manually do it as well. Yep. So with the automation, it's kind of like, like things like the weekly check-in emails and send all your data and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff should be automated. So what I did is I sat down, and I wrote out, all right, cool. What does a client need to have to feel like they've had an awesome experience and to feel like they actually valued, listened, uh, etc.? So you know, obviously check in is one of them. They need to have a weekly check in, and a-, a lot of them need to be reminded to check to check in as well. And from t- speaking to a lot of online coaches, one of the biggest issues they have is clients don't fill in their check ins. Yeah, I'm like, do you remind them to? N- uh, no. I'm like, well, that's your problem. Um, So, like, that's a simple email automation sequence that done once, repeat forever, uh, you don't need to think about ever again. Um, The client would probably appreciate a few text messages a week. Okay, cool. So, how can we automate it? Or do we need to do it manually? We could write up a series of text messages and put them into an app, or we could just do a push notification to everyone that we use. Mm -hmm. So... From there, I know that I'm spending. Okay, cool. I have to write message. It's going to take me a minute. Uh, that's a man. That's kind of, like, I'd say, it's kind of like halfway between a manual and automation, uh, and automation, because it goes to everyone. You're just doing it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, with program design, uh, that's another touch point that should be automated as much as you can. You literally give the client like a template, which I've talked about, in I think one of our other podcasts, or definitely in our weekly hives. You do that because then you don't need to spend all the time doing that. Programming takes trainers hours. It should only take minutes. It should take hours when you're writing a bunch of programs. It should take minutes. Uh, With the checking in clients of their exercise type stuff, the onboarding process is where a lot of this stuff should happen. So with the onboarding, and this kind of builds into pillar three as well, is you tell your clients in the beginning the things that you need for them. So, that uh, on week one the expectation is that you do a b c and d so you know that when they need to do a b c and d that if they don't send it to you you can simply send a message a follow-up getting them to do it or get your va to do it the thing with online training is that yeah it's still work that we need to do but the thing is it is a trade of time for money uh Mm it just it takes very little time for a lot of money in terms of the scale so if i wanted to follow up every in-person client in the gym. I'd have to spend like 15 minutes and going over everything. Online, we can send a push notification to everyone. So look at the tech you use and look at how can it be um, done as quickly as possible. Like how can you all reach out to multiple people with push notifications and stuff like that? Also use, and this is something I talk about and I think I'm going to talk about in one of the longer form courses that we've got next year coming up for IC, Little little preview there, is automating your brain and outsourcing your brain. I I don't think about shit. I didn't even know we had this uh, podcast on until you know, today I had it in the calendar, right? So I'm like, cool, I know why I'm doing this. I don't need to worry about the rest of the day. It's automated. As soon as a client says something that's of value or something that I can go, all right, cool. Like I noticed you writing down notes uh, earlier when we're talking. Mm. I put it into a to-do list with a date uh, immediately when I think about it because even though it's a manual task, it's automated that I have to do it, if that makes any sense. And a lot of trainers miss this. They're trying to remember everything about everyone. You're never going to do that. It's not effect- It's not efficient. It's not effective. And it's tiring as shit. Like, my main role is answering questions all day and solving problems. It's tiring because I have to remember a lot of stuff. So, I outsource absolutely everything I don't uh, need to to a phone, basically. <laughs> um So I like using Todoist. You could use Monday. You could use Asana. I don't care what you use as long as you like it. I like using Todoist because it's set up to my calendar. It's like message Dylan at 4 p.m. on Monday the 3rd. And it sends me a notification on doing that to message Dylan. By doing that system there, it allows me to do all the manual work. But realistically, I'm spending no more than three to five hours a week on my online business per week in terms of the actual delivery. And that's including all the check-ins. If we're going to talk about trading time for money, if you've got like a six-figure business and you're working five hours a week on delivery, and you could probably reduce that a little bit too by speeding up some of these sequences, I think you're doing okay.
0: Yeah, it's not bad, bro. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that for, I guess, man, and you might be able to share your journey through this as well, where yeah, if course. you're an in-person coach right now doing, you know, 40 sessions a week, and you're just listening to Uncle Paul here tell us that you can work five hours a week for a hundred clients. <laughs> They're probably saying you're full of shit, man. How do you do it? And it's, but it's, it is a hundred percent possible. Like we've both done it. Um, what's, what's yeah. sort of been
1: your journey to make this happen? Cool. So with my journey, like I, as you know, before, like I ran a gym, it was a bigger <laughs> gym, which is a lot of, that's a, that's a shit ton of work. If we're going to talk about work, <laughs> that's um, Absolutely. way more work. You're there at 6am or 5am in the morning to 8pm at night. And then people complain about online's hard work. Online's hard work. Like we've got people like a uh, good old Trent who's doing everything, all his job from his bed. Um, it's not hard work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hard work's laying bricks and stuff like that or shearing sheep. That's hard work. This is fun. Online yeah. is hard at the beginning for three reasons. The first yep. one is client acquisition and not knowing how to do that. Join Mamba. Simple. Tells you how to yep. do it. It's no better program. Number two is having the systems, knowing what systems to use and doing that. So most people don't use systems. They just try and run it how they're doing in-person sessions. It's no different, very different skill set. If you automate it and uh, use technology, it can become very, very time efficient. Point mm-hmm. three is know what you're doing and know what data sets you want from each client to work on your coaching processes. So with me, yep. I was working in a gym, sold it, got rid of it, et cetera, still did the semi-private thing. And then for a while, I was killing time, basically. I was actually waiting for a job in an AI company developing program design software. I was still doing uh, semi-private training in the commercial facility. So you know, that was funny because the other trainers had to shit me all the time because I was doing, I would see 12 to 15 clients in an hour while they were doing one-on-ones Uh, for half an hour at a time. And they're like, man, how do you see so many clients? I'm like, well, I've I've systemized the programming. So I just walk around and just make sure they don't hurt themselves or I push them harder. So I'd already moved that process towards automating because that's what I had in my gym. And I was building up the online, everything I did in the gym, I looked at how will I deliver that to someone in the digital space? So programming, you have to do it if you're going to deliver it to someone in digital space. So how do I deliver a program that's effective in person effective online. Write a 12-week template, give it to the client. They can do it on their off days. That's what you're going to do with an online business. Do that now. Uh, Nutrition coaching and checking in. How am I going to do that? Am I going to do in-person consults all the time? No, I can't be bothered. I'm lazy. We're all lazy. This is why we do this. We try and work more efficiently. So, Cool. What do we use? We use Google Form. People can fill in their food journal or they can submit their MyFitnessPal or their chronometer or whatever it is and they get a digital, like an online review, like a check-in each week. Uh, so with every single booking, uh, like an extra phone call, how do people book it in? I have availabilities and they kick a calendar link and it automatically sends them a zoom link. And that's the only, the times I have are the times I have, that's it. There's no more. And I only offer that for like my top tier clients, like the ones who are paying 150 bucks a week. So all the systems I started developing was what I had to run a semi-private gym, but they were done so they could run both. So they could be a hybrid type model. So when yep. COVID hit, because I was literally doing this like the month before COVID hit, because I didn't want to lose all my clients while I was working in the AI gig. I, it took me one day to transition to fully online. Like it was like, all right, Monday 20th, uh, whenever it was, when it shut down. By Monday 22nd, I had, um, uh, sorry, Tuesday 21st, I had 15 people on the Zoom call working out with their programs ready to go. Yep. Uh, and I only did that during the first COVID lockdown because I still wanted to keep that community aspect and so can get people used to be online. Yep. So very quickly, I was able to phase that out and saying, all right, cool. You don't need my help anymore. I think you can do it by yourself. It's going to be, you're, you're good to go. You're competent. Let's get you moving. So it's just spending some time to think about the systems you need, how spending your time to set them up, and that's the time-consuming part. Like, so running a bunch of programs is a bit time-consuming, but once it's done once, it's evergreen. A good program is evergreen. It lasts forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you get that stuff set up and seriously, it's you might spend two eighty hour two 40 hour weeks, 80 hours setting it all up, uh, hire someone who's done it before to get, get sped up, and then you can spend your time on the acquisition stuff, which is you know where your business needs to be at for it to grow. Absolutely, man. Yep.
0: And with that, bro, like it's it's crazy, sort of for a lot of people to hear that and I guess some of the big things that people say is like, Oh, I don't do cookie cutter programs. I only do individualized programs. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great concept. Um,
1: but in reality, it's, it's probably not the case. No, like I used to, I've said this before in one of our other talks, like I used to individual, uh, sorry, assess every goddamn joint in the body. And it would take two hours doing the assessment. Um, no one cared. Uh, the clients thought, Oh, cool. He knows his stuff or he's, or he's showing off. They thought one of the two things and, yeah. um, it didn't change how I wrote the program, and everyone preaches individualized programs and says squat, bench, and deadlift, and go one, to go within three reps of failure for hypertrophy, and be in a calorie deficit. It's not that individualized. It individualization is simply if a client can't do an exercise or they hate it, give them something that they like. The reps and sets and the acute exercise variables are pretty consistent across the board. Um, Like the only time you ever really need to individualize for a client realistically is a level three client, like a highly advanced one, because they've hit closer to their potential. So the more of a beginner, the more of a green someone is, green in the gym, they'll they'll respond to, they'll get a result from anything. They go to Pilates and they'll get quad hypertrophy. But you get someone who's been training quads for, you know, heavy and hard for like seven, like say I trained you, right? And I wanted to get your quads bigger. You've been squatting for... You're an Olympic lifter, that's all you do. You squat, mm-hmm. your life is squatting. Um, I'd probably it'd be take me a lot more time to work out what you need individually to grow your quads, and I could actually do like stuff like regional hypertrophy work for you, which is highly individualized. But again, yep. that's because you're a highly advanced lifter. Mm-hmm. So you've got your level, your greens and your, mm-hmm. your intermediate clients. Don't stress about that, right? Really good programs based on principles yep. of hypertrophy, fat loss, etc. Apply them to the client. And uh, make sure you get killer adherence and killer performance. And from there, everyone gets good results and you save time. Absolutely, bro. And that's like where
0: those touch points come in. And I guess that leads to our next pillar, man, is like, yes, it's cool to have all of these like templates and and all of these touch points, but then you've got to predict the problems in advance.
1: Yes. I, when I wrote that today, uh, sorry, the day before, uh, I thought that was a really cool little quote. Um, mm-hmm. So the <laughs> quote, It's a nice little uh, rule of thumb that you can recycle in your brain uh, for your business. So predict problems before they become painful. So with online clients leaving, no one ever leaves, or if they do leave, you don't want them as a client. No one ever leaves because of a minor inconvenience.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if you don't have an exercise with a video attached once, they're not going to care. They're going to go, oh, it happens. Send me a YouTube leak. Like no one's perfect. And people understand that and they understand. But if a problem happens... All the time, it becomes very painful and people leave. So if they don't get any service, for example, that's when they leave. So if you have a, this is where the client lifespan becomes really cool because this is one way that you can improve that. Look at where people leave. <laughs> like if they're leaving at four weeks, if they're leaving at two weeks, if they're leaving at six weeks, if they're leaving at 36 weeks, all of that tells you what you need to do next to fill in your service offerings and fill in your service gaps. So if someone's leaving at 12 weeks, uh, and this is what i 've done with a couple of the uh, couple of online coaches it's like you haven't sold them you 've either sold them that it's a finite process or you haven't given them something to move forward towards to yep. so how can you do that at week ten week eleven week twelve whatever you start promising what 's next that's simple like it's an easy process to do um, um it's a yeah it's, it's it's a sick process, man. Um, when you do that, if you have a client coming in, all right, cool. When did new clients fall off? This is something that we found out in the gym. Mm-hmm. We used to do a lot of 28-day programs, right? 28-day was like our lead magnet type thing, a low barrier to entry offer. We eventually changed it from a low barrier entry offer to just a low time commitment offer. So an LCO. It's a new, I just made it up. LTCO. I just made it up right then. It's a new acronym for business uh, where we charge the exact same price, but you only have to sign up in 28 days. And we knew that if someone was hitting all their sessions in week three, they were converted. Like the conversion rate was eighty-five to ninety-five percent. We knew if someone started missing mm-hmm. sessions in week two, the conversion rate was twenty-five to 50, 25 to thirty percent. Yeah, it was easy to figure out because we would just look at their Team Builder app, the one that we use and I still use to this day, and it kind of gives you a gives you a color flag system, uh, red, green, and yellow if someone's done a workout or missed a workout. If I knew someone had done all their workouts and they're going through, they're going to stay because they're getting the experience and they felt fully qualified. They they didn't lose anything. If Excellent. they weren't doing the workouts, the reason they weren't doing the workouts, you know, the initial reaction, which is ego driven, is to go, "Oh, it's their fault. They're lazy. Mm-hmm. All that stuff." Right? Um, it's not that. It's the fact that the onboarding and they don't feel comfortable. That's simple as that. So. We then look down and go, all right, cool. What's the onboarding process for a client? How do we sort that out? How do we automate it so we don't miss those steps? What are the touch points? So it comes back to pillar two. What yep. are the touch points that, that we can have that prevent the painful things or can prevent the problems from becoming painful? It sounds like a catchphrase talk. This is terrible. Now, catchphrases <laughs> are good because you remember the stuff, right? It uh, starts to like-
0: sound like a marketer, pull. <laughs>
1: Don't go there, man. <laughs> the day, no. I, I, love, I love marketing. Like, marketing is great. I, I, I just bought a course the other day because someone marketed so damn effectively on Instagram constantly. I was like, you know what? I just have to buy his stuff. Um, I haven't even looked at it yet. I just bought it because he was good at marketing. I was like, Shit, yeah, yeah, I really need to go into that course. Um, Jay Alderton, he does some really good story stuff. And uh, it's mm-hmm. interesting because his content's actually, the stories he tells in these videos are so boring. They're just old fables that he's repurposed. But man, he, uh, he gets so much engagement out of it and he markets it really well. Yeah. Uh, you look at the content sucks. <laughs> but anyway, that's another discussion. But we predict like with the onboarding stuff, like and one of the things I predicted from online stuff, because my retention always wasn't as high. If people don't do the exercise as well, they get hurt. If they don't get yep. results. They don't enjoy it. So by simply getting people to you know put in that uh, time uh, to film the video and for me to actually have a look at it. Uh, I added what, 10 minutes in my, to that week for that client, which I only had to do once because the exercise programs last for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, that client went from staying from four weeks or whatever it is to staying up for a year. Would you spend 10 minutes to make $2,000 is the question I ask my coaches. Mm -hmm. And if they say no, I say, okay, I, I swear I'm gonna get out of here. Like no one's ever said no yet. Um mm. so just identifying those pain points. As soon as you've done that, you create a solution for each single one in your offering. Clients stay around forever. They got no excuse. The only way they'll leave is if they go broke. Mm. Which one of the coaches I'm working with now, he's now running how many how many is he running? He's running 130 or something now on the 130 clients. clients. Yep. It's ridiculous. Um yep. he only had pe- the only people he drops off now. Uh or dropping off now people who like lose their jobs or, you know, something like bad happens. And, it's and a, that's it's crazy always it's like,
0: if we didn't message him to get out of bed in the morning, you probably wouldn't because <laughs> he only works an hour a day.
1: Yeah. yeah the, it's
0: crazy. Yeah. So.
1: The rest of the time he's messaging other people. Where <laughs> 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 he's hassling people to put up their stuff and actually do the work because he understands yeah. the value of doing the work in the initial stages, Absolutely. which he can't fathom why people don't. So if you yep. just go through your customer journey, which is a super simple process. Identify where you lose the clients or where clients get pissed off, in yep. those gaps, automate yep. it. your business, your attention goes up and you've got a very valuable business at that point.
0: Absolutely, man. And like all of those key points there is like, it sounds really simple right? And, and the hardest thing for most fitness business owners is keeping, or is actually having a profitable business over time. Big, big, problems yeah. are people drop off all the time. You know, they might get lucky and get 10 people in their 28-day program. After their 28 days, they've got no clients after them. You can be the world's best yeah. salesman. You can do all of this stuff. But if you just provide a better service, you're going to have a lot clients for a lot longer. And it's just going to make your life yeah. a lot easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I found because like you said earlier, like I'm starting to sound like a marketer. Uh You know, I suck at it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we've talked about it. Um it's not my my strong point by any stretch. And I, like I recognize that, which is probably half the battle. Uh, yeah. I know my strong point is my service offering and my program design is top notch. So absolutely. I keep people there because the service <laughs> is top notch. If I marketed the scale could be like scary. That is me. Yeah. You know, so- yeah, yeah. It's growing it's- now at a
0: rapid rate, which is good. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And like, um, like I've seen a lot of stuff and even my business, um, before I sort of met you with our hundred solutions and that sort of thing. I've never actually seen anyone being able to deliver the quality as quick as you do. And also with the consistency. And, and that's just from a, a client perspective as well. Um, it's absolutely incredible. And and you can just see why. Like and it's and it doesn't take you a lot of time. It just simply takes you a message to send. The big thing is is what you said, you know, those first two 40 hour weeks to get it done. But also just having someone that's done it before, you know, like get someone to give you the shortcut so you don't need to take 10 or 20 years. And I think one of the best things that's helped even my career as as a fitness coach was I just went to people who have done the shit for 20 years. What are they doing? Yeah. Learn it from them. It's a lot faster than trying to figure it out on your own. (laughs) It's a lot faster.
1: Oh man. Absolutely. Like I, half the stuff I learned was from, well, not half stuff, all the stuff I learned from some other people and who'd yeah. done it before. And you know what? Like, I I paid a lot of freaking money to do it sometimes. Like, I remember yeah. paying Mr. Poliquin a thousand bucks US to go hang out with him for an hour and ask him questions. And you know what? Tully wasn't worth it for the actual business advice, but for the actual experience and then seeing all the other stuff he did and how he carried himself, it was absolutely worth it.
0: Absolutely, man. And like, I think that's a, is a big, big thing is like, you're not often paying for an outcome. You're you're paying for a way of how someone thinks. Um, oh, absolutely. And that's incredible. Um, so just to recap, bro, like our, our big things today is like, look, if you want to keep clients and never lose a client again, if you want to increase your average lifetime customer value, which is, is so much easier, if you get 100 clients in a year, which can be done quite easily with some solid marketing mm-hmm. principles, But if you can keep them for five years, you know, you've gone from a client who is worth, you know, a hundred bucks in the 28 day program to a client who is now worth $10,000, 100 clients at $10,000. I can't add that up. fast enough. It's a million dollar business. Exactly. Yeah. And so all it really takes, man, we've got our three pillars is, you know, give them a bit of love. (laughs) Give them as much love as you did chasing them down. Treat them like, you know, it's, it's the your long lost love and actually look after them. But also those touch points. Make sure that you know you automate what you can, digitize your knowledge. Make sure that you systemize and outsource your brain um, to your phone, and make sure things are you know actually able to deliver. Put that upfront work yep. twenty to forty hours for a couple of weeks, um, and then the big big one is is protecting those problems um, before they happen is absolutely critical. Yep. So
1: Yeah, and that's a, ironically about all the same at the same principle as good program design uh for you mean. doing next programming phase so a lot of yep. trainers they think about this and the language is weird convert it into a program like <laughs> convert it into what we do for programming you do progressive yep. overload uh you know <laughs> you, uh, programming you might do prehab stuff for why not um because if you're doing like prehab stuff like for you for example olympic lifting you get strong rotator cuff which you don't want the bar to rip your shoulders out when you if you go catch a snatch too far back right cool predict yep. a problem in your business too it's the same principle Absolutely, bro. Now,
0: nah, awesome, man. Um, man, cannot uh, thank you enough for your time. And that's, that's yeah, a very, very valuable podcast for those who take action. Um, sweet, guys, okay. if you need to um, reach out to us, obviously you can reach out to Paul as well. Um, got some exciting things in terms of uh, the program design and system delivery coming up very soon. Um, and then also us with the Mamba method. This is all part of what we do, um, helping mm-hmm. you guys change, change the world one client at a time that's right all right brother i hope you enjoyed today's episode in the description below there's a link where you can join our free facebook group where we produce longer form content and give away valuable resources to help your fitness business grow there's also six of our best downloaded resources so go below and check it out now and guys we make these episodes for free free for you make sure that you've taken notes and you're ready to take action and if it added value to your life to your business please share it with someone else in the fitness community.